Talk Show. Recorded live. Hello, this is William Fink. And this is Chris Agonia Saturdays. Today is Saturday, November 14th, 2015. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. Every so often I'm compelled to take a break from my normal routine and, and mundane academic work to address a social or a political issue. Tonight is one of those nights. I want to call it pink nationalism because it advocates the acceptance of sodomites. Sometimes I want to call the nationalism which certain prominent white nationalists profess gray or maybe beige nationalism because it advocates the acceptance of mongrels among whites. Perhaps it is best called rainbow nationalism, but I dislike that term as well because it legitimizes the language of the perverts, and none of it is nationalist at all. So perhaps it is better called Marxism. However, for our purposes here tonight, I will title the program Rejecting Rainbow Nationalism. And here we have Mike Delaney of ProSync.org and Brett Light of ExpelledTheParasite.com and Arian Israel. Of course, Mike has a few other websites as well. And they will be joining us for a discussion explaining why we steadfastly believe that neither sodomites nor bastards should ever be accepted into the ranks of true nationalists. We are not going to repeat the mistakes of our predecessors. We are not going to accept the creation of modern Nuremberg laws and somebody else's, some compromising standards, and live with that as a substitute for true white nationalism. The laws of our Christian God tell us that a bastard shall not enter the congregation of the Lord. They also tell us that if a man lies with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them, meaning both men, have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Christians are urged to practice and repeat these laws, and therefore any real Christian cannot accept rainbow nationalism. Neither can real Christians accept those who accept such things themselves. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Brett, hello. Greetings. Thank you. Good evening. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Wonderful. I don't know if um, Mike has anything to say before we begin or before I go off on a tangent. No, I'll uh, I'll feed off of you because um, yeah, you got a, you got a good uh, first shot here. So go ahead, Brad. How about you? Do you want to say anything? Well, all I know is that the the title of the show is very appropriate: Rainbow Nationalism. That sounds about right. Right, we have to. Uh, one big happy, one big happy sodomite love fest, isn't it? Yeah, we'll find the leprechaun <laughs> at the end of this rainbow and choke his ass. That's what we have to do. I'm going to state that I'm not really a fan of Matthew Heimbach, 
he's too young to be a leader or a spokesman. He's good at organizing youth, I guess. That's his claim to fame. But I do not dislike Matthew Heimbach. He has a lot to learn, and I hope that he continues to to to, to learn and, and to grow in this message and in the endeavor that he has undertaken. Last year, Heimbach had an invitation from Mark Downey to hear me speak in Kentucky, and he had, expect, he had accepted it, but then he failed to show up. From what I hear, he apparently didn't show because, in the interim, he had neglected to accept Christian identity in favor of some sort of Eastern Orthodox Christianity. But we are nevertheless going to use Matthew Heimbach's recent experience with the National Policy Institute as the starting point for tonight's discussion. We thought this discussion was timely because recently the clowns, and I'll call them clowns, or clown in particular, at the so-called National Policy Institute had rejected the participation of Matthew Heimbach at one of their events. And the Southern Poverty Law Center has tried to get some traction out of the division. The National Policy Institute website bears the slogan, for our people, our culture, our future. But as far as we are concerned, they seem to be compromising all three of those statements. They claim Sam Francis as a founder. There's another group that Sam Francis helped to found, and that is the Council of Conservative Citizens. And while the CCC also, in our opinion, waffles on a lot of issues which are crucial to white interests, even they take a stronger stance against sodomites than the National Policy Institute. The CCC also explicitly upholds Christianity in its statement of principles, even if it doesn't always uphold solid Christian principles in practice. The Marxist Antifa, the anti-fascist crowd, is also making news of this apparent split among nationalists. And antifascistnews.net has this to say of Heimbach, and I quote, his fiery style, big smiles, and the lack of a filter, in other words, he speaks his mind, has also made him enemies, and not just of the anti-racist crowd. At the recent National Policy Institute conference, Heimbach was banned entry because of his publicly repulsive statements about homosexuality. The bright new face of nationalism is more friendly, and they make a parenthetical statement that it still isn't very friendly, to queer people, and they did not want to insult the one gay speaker in their lineup. He still made it to D.C., meaning Heimbach, still made it to D.C. to hang out with the crowd, but this was certainly a blow. We would agree that real Christians should not have filters. I am not going to read the Southern Poverty Law Center article on this issue, but I am going to read the response. 
of the National Policy Institute to the Southern, Southern Policy Law Center article, which reveals just what we suspected, that the National Policy Institute is indeed moving towards the promotion of rainbow nationalism and rejecting true Christian principles. This is what Richard Spencer of the National Policy Institute has written under the title, The Rainbow Coalition which he seems to embrace, where he does not even renounce the idea that such a title conveys. And Spencer said, the Southern Poverty Law Center has delivered a write-up on Become Who We Are, which is evidently the title of his conference. It isn't all that bad, at least in comparison with some of the SPLC smears of the past, but some corrections need to be made. And then Spencer goes on to spend a paragraph correcting SPLC remarks concerning his conference attendees, and we're going to omit them. And Spencer goes on to say that another theme the SPLC stressed was that the conference was... LGBT-friendly, a charge which Spencer never denies. What he does instead is he quotes the SPLC article, and he says, in a move not normal in these circles, meaning white nationalist circles, anti-gay voices were kept away. White nationalist Matthew Heimbach of the Traditionalist Youth Network was disinvited. According to his close friend, Scott Terry, Heimbach was booted from the NPI conference for his anti-gay views. And in response to this, SPLC write-up, Spencer goes on to say, in hosting an event of this size, we have to make many decisions regarding personnel and attendees. These are private matters and will remain so, even though his funding is sort of public. He solicits donations. I will comment, however, about a general principle we try to adhere to in making such decisions. Our conferences will include people who hold many different views on religious, social, sexual, historical, sexual, historical, and political matters. We do not exclude anyone for, say, being a Buddhist, pagan, Catholic, or atheist, or for being passionate about gay issues, or thinking that they are not important. We hope that such questions can be discussed respectfully at our conferences. NPI will, however, exclude those who show a reckless disregard with the media or those who've made morally indefensible public statements. Such people make our movement look bad. We chose not to grant them a platform. It's as simple as that. And that's the end of Richard Spencer's rebuttal to the, or, or, or basically reaction to the Southern Poverty Law Center article. Spencer actually agreed with most of the Southern Poverty Law Center article. So on the other hand, 
on, I'm sorry, on the one hand, Spencer waffles about how many speakers he should have at his conference. But on the other hand, he talks about excluding speakers who have made morally indefensible statements while acknowledging that he will not exclude anyone who is passionate about gay issues. So what is it? We can only take it as an indication that Spencer has found some things that Matthew Heimbach has said about sodomy in the past to be morally indefensible. Let me tell you something. The acceptance of sodomites, that is morally indefensible. That's what's moral. Spencer is morally indefensible. But Spencer is also attempting to avoid in this article, it's his mealy-mouthed response. He's avoiding an explicit position directly in support of sodomites. Therefore, the antifascistnews.net article certainly seems to be accurate where it says that Heimbach was banned entry to the NPI, the National Policy Institute Conference, because of his publicly re Impulsive statements about Christianity. And that's what the anti-fascists said. And it's certainly accurate. When the Antifa is agreeing with elements of the white nationalist right, there's a problem. In fact, in another article, which is Spencer's reaction to a recent Supreme Court decision entitled The End of the Culture War, found at his website, while upholding the concept of traditional marriage, Spencer at the same time avoided criticizing the sodomites themselves. His article was carefully crafted, crafted to purposely avoid criticizing deviance. So it seems that the National Policy Institute is accommodating those who are passionate about gay issues, but it is struggling to quietly resist those who may be passionately against the issue of gays. Of course, all of this might have to do with the National Policy Institute's IRS 501c3 status. Real nationalists must know that any organization with an IRS 501c3 status, I don't care if it's a church, I don't care if it's a political organization, it doesn't matter. They cannot effectively combat the Marxist-leaning status quo. Spencer's failure to take to take a concrete position against sodomites in his own articles, and his reply to the article by the Southern Poverty Law Center fully indicate that the Southern Poverty Law Center is correct, and that the anti-fa, the anti-fascists, are correct in relation to Spencer, and that Spencer would in fact support the idea of sodomites in the ranks of white nationalists. This is, without doubt, the reality of the situation. Since Jack Donovan, 
who himself is a sodomite, a writer of books advocating for so-called homosexuals as nationalists. He was one of the speakers invited to this NPI conference, but Donovan advocates that sodomites set aside their so-called gay identity so that they can blend in with normal men, obviously because that way they would have a greater influence on the thinking of normal men. It seems that Donovan wants to recreate a white patriarchal society, but without the patriarchs. Maybe we should call him the advocate of a gay-triarchal society. But this is not a first. There's another supposed white nationalist, Greg Johnson of Countercurrents, who for years has been promoting the idea that sodomites can fit into the ranks of white nationalists and should even be accepted by them. Spencer has been lauded by Johnson publicly and in writing. So the National Policy Institute and the men that run that and countercurrents and the men that run that they're in bed together. Go figure. In other aspects, Johnson's work is applauded and even promoted at websites such as Kevin McDonald's Occidental Observer. And Johnson posts articles from the Occidental Observer writers, including Kevin McDonald, on his own website. So even the Occidental Observer seems to be approving of rainbow nationalism, which is quite disappointing. So do the Amran crowd, American Renaissance, Jared Taylor. Apparently, as Spencer has worked closely with Jared Taylor, and Jared Taylor is frequently promoted by Greg Johnson. Jared Taylor also is a regular speaker at National Policy Institute events. Now, this is in spite of the fact that Jared Taylor embraces Jews, while Greg Johnson is at least keen enough to reject Jews. He actually did a pretty good article on reframing the Jewish question, but he openly defends sodomites as white nationalists or as potential white nationalists. And Johnson also openly, even though he admits that the Jews are racial enemies to whites, he openly refuses to deny the Holocaust. And he diminishes those who do deny it, leaving the Jews safe with their most effective moral weapon against the West. But what is really funny about Johnson is that he is brazen enough to claim a moral high ground for his position. And in essence, Richard Spencer does the same thing. In an article responding to a dispute that he had with Andrew Anglin at the Daily Stormer, Greg Johnson said that the intended audience for his countercurrents website is whites of all social classes who are above average in intelligence, morality, and taste. And we beg to differ. Sodomites are not moral at all. In an article which has been posted on Greg Johnson's website since 2002 entitled Homosexuality and White Nationalism, Johnson states, I must protest 
Andrew Westfall's Homosexuality Ain't Cool, and other examples of queer bashing on the Vanguard News Network. I have two arguments for, for why this is misguided and for why tolerance is a good thing for the white nationalist movement. Now, the rest of Johnson's article is a defense of sodomites, and Johnson even goes so far as to make the ridiculous claim that the intolerance of homosexuality is Jewish. And he abuses the Gospels to claim that Christianity does not condemn fags, even though it certainly does. He goes on to mischaracterize the practice of pederasty and homosexuality and the acceptance of homosexuality among the Greeks and Romans. And he ignores the condemnations of such immorality by both Tacitus and Paul of Tarsus. Johnson bases his decisions about Christianity on the Jewish paradigm, accepting the claim that they are the people of the Old Testament, when in fact they are certainly not, and they act exactly like the enemies of the people of the Old Testament always were described. I have a little feedback, gentlemen. Well, the fact is, Bill, I tell you what, that they um. They, they want to push this homosexuality agenda in white nationalism. Well, for a start, they're basically cutting off the people that are promoting the thing to start with. So these sodomites, I mean, they what? They're gonna they're gonna badmouth the Jews and then complain, you know, and then um and then say, well, we we have to have what gay gay white nationalism. They have to be included in that. That is, I don't know, it's insanity. It's like they they're trying to sort of, they're cutting off their own heads, basically. Well, well, first, I don't understand how a dead branch cares about the rest of the tree. The idea... Because they can't breed, I mean... <laughs> ...is that you perpetuate your nation. You want to perpetuate your nation. If you're a male and you're a fag, you're not perpetuating your nation. You could say one thing with your lips, but if you don't support it with your actions, you're a hypocrite. A, a faggot nationalist, a queer nationalist, that's an oxymoron. What is somebody exactly. not working to continue to propagate his nation, care about the nation? His actions deny that he cares about his nation. Well, that's right. That, that's basically what they're doing. I mean, that this is this is all. I mean, the fact that they're even pretending to be genuine white nationalists, you know, genuinely caring about our cause is it is kind of ridiculous just on the face of it. Because I mean, people people who clearly can't breed because of their homosexuality or sodomite, you know, sodomite degenerates. Um, that very fact alone just tells tells you that that they. Well, they're, they're they're always going to rely on the Jews in the end, aren't they? They're gonna they're gonna swing back that way because because well they're the ones behind all the homosexual movements to start with. There's no there's no way that white nationalists can accept facts. It just it it's like you said, it's a complete oxymoron. 
Well, well quick this article. Go, yeah. Let me talk about this for just a minute, and, and then you can have the floor for half an hour. Greg Johnson's article, Homosexuality and White Nationalism, is filled with cognitive disconnects, and, and it's filled with Jewish psychobabble. The article presents a whole lot of incoherent psychobabble concerning sodomy, sin, and choice. And then it concludes that there is no room for moral self-righteousness. He claims that the identity of homosexuals and heterosexuals is, or the identification of them, is exclusively Jewish and that the identification as heterosexual leads men to, and I quote, self-righteousness, turning them into queer-bashing bullies. If Greg Johnson himself is not a sodomite, he should be stoned along with them anyway. Now, we would agree, and here's where the disconnect comes in, we would agree that the labels homosexual and heterosexual are indeed products of Jewish pop culture. Before we called them homosexuals and labeled or accepted our own label of heterosexual, we called ourselves normal and we called homosexuals sodomites. The Jews created the labels, but they created those labels not to stigmatize sodomites. They created those labels to legitimize sodomy, to make it an acceptable alternative. Johnson ignores that, and he is wrong. Johnson has been around for years. The Heimbach incident with the the National Policy Institute has encouraged the Antifa crowd to write another article entitled Queer Fascism, Why White Nationalists Are Trying to Drop Homophobia. We would say that, that they're very right about Jared Taylor, that, that whole crowd, um, Kevin McDonald, he's got his hand in the pot here, Greg Johnson, um, Ramsey Paul is another one, that this Richard Spencer, these are all like rainbow nationalists, whether they want to admit it or not. But while the anti-fascist news article is correct about them, they are not representative of real white nationalists. They are the suit and tie set. Real white nationalists especially Christian nationalists, should put these quasi-suit-and-tie nationalists on notice that rainbow nationalism will not be accepted under any circumstances. And even the Occidental Observer, as well as the Council of Conservative Citizens, which works with Jared Taylor and similar groups, should be targets of such notices. Because if 
Greg Johnson and now Richard Spencer, if they get a free free ride, if they get a free ticket on this, the next thing you know, the Council of Conservative Citizens is going to be accepting sodomites. The Occidental Observer is going to be writing in defense of sodomites. It's like a cancer. It's going to spread. We have to stop it. The suit and tie white nationalists are really not nationalists at all. In many ways, they're no better than mainstream republicrats. They have to be confronted because they are not representatives of the new right, which is what Greg Johnson claims for them to be. Hmm. <laughs> well, what, what can you say there? Well, they're absolutely disgusting. That's my opinion. <laughs> well, well, that's something <laughs> up, Brad. But a bit blunt about it, <laughs> Chad. That's just what I was thinking. But um, these people have to be confronted. They they have no they have no place in I mean any healthy race wanting to. I mean, you look at National Socialist Germany and the propaganda around that. Well, basically, it was it was healthy families raising healthy children. That was the ideal. That was the way that things operated there. That was these are Christian ideas, and that's the way that things should be. It's natural. Now, I mean, homosexuality—it's in the well. I hate to use that term, actually. I should just call them sodomites. But it is an abomination. It's it's against well, it's against the nature of things. That's not the way we are designed, and any healthy individual should not ever feel that way. I mean, why would they? <laughs> Well, what would you? I mean, how could anyone go around looking at other men as though they're attractive? I mean, that—that that to me is the most repulsive thought. It's—I don't know. It's just complete sickness. It's to the core. It's sick. So I don't understand how anyone could say, "Well, oh, we should listen to this guy, this Jack Donovan or whatever his name is." You know, he's well. Look, if he—if he's a fag, then he's a fag. We don't need to hear his point of view. I'm sure there's plenty of straight guys who can say, who can say, you know, whatever he said that's good. I mean, they they can we can say it better. So right. why, why have them? You know, we don't need fags. Right. Absolutely. If Jack Donovan's a fag, which he ostensibly is, there's no doubt. He is already a victim of the Marxist Jewish war against white. Christians. He's already a victim. He should be written off. He's already a casualty. You know, uh, my whole point of view is, is we're living in just downright bizarro world in this pro-white movement in a general sense. It absolutely baffles me in the last few months that we've had to address issues like baggagery and white nationalism, the flat earth theory, I mean, if you listen to the, the podcast we did back in September, I mean, we had to address these issues. Like Bill was saying, it's just one, once in a while it comes up, it gets so prominent, you have to address it. And, yeah, faggotry and white nationalism is, yeah, it's completely it's anti-nature, it's anti-Christian, it's anti-everything that your quote-unquote white nationalist theme is supposed to support. It's disgusting, it's deviant. It's uh, it's it's next to kin to bestiality and pedophilia. Uh, there, there is if you're 
are, and I get it, I get it. A lot of these intellectual types uh, in the white nationalist movement, these pen jockeys out here, really can write a good, you know, a good letter and say some cool stuff on their blog. But, you know, meanwhile, they're going over there with being a bottom or a top in a, in a, gay, in a game porno. But this is like, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It really is. And I, you know, I sit here with my five kids and I'm like, if one of my own children comes home, Dad, I think I might be swinging the other way. He's getting the boot. He's out. So I sure to heck wouldn't tolerate giving any respect to somebody that's going to push faggotry. And I've seen some other white nationalists say, well, look, um, I could tolerate it if they don't say they're this and they don't say they're that. And, you know, as long as they don't try to push the agenda, well, yeah, pushing the agenda is so far off from where we're supposed to be. Look, the Bible calls these bastards be put to death. They are supposed to be dead. You are a pole smoker. You're supposed to be dead. That's it. Not saying go out and do anything. I'm just saying that's what the Bible calls. You know, there's no doubt that they're supposed to be doomed. However you want to put that. Yeah, to, to push this as a, uh, as, a, as a new theme in white nationalism, like I said, it's, it's bizarre because I'm like, okay, flat earth and faggots and wow, where did these people get off moving? And now it makes complete sense if you look. What has been the big theme of the Jews in the mainstream for the last couple of years? What has been really trying to cram down our throats, pun intended? The gay agenda. And so now, is it surprising that we see that this NPI Institute and Richard Spencer's, you know, the guys that have a little bit of coin to have these hoity-toity wine galas over there in D.C. and invite everybody and make them feel important with their media press outlets and talking about what gay porno they're going to watch after the meet. I mean, I, I just don't know. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I, I personally sat here for a few days fuming at the idea that the people that went there, some of the people that I've talked to in the past, and I've talked to pretty much a lot of them at all anymore, but you know, some of these people that went there, I'm thinking I'm putting myself in their place. Had I been there or been invited there and I got there and I saw this going on, I personally would have been raised in hell because I mean the idea that these guys are saying and the way they word stuff, Bill, when you wrote off Richard Spencer's uh, thing there, he's a, it's our movement and our this and they, you know it's not our movement. You don't represent this movement. If you're pushing homosexuality or faggotry, I don't want to use the proper term either there that the Jews want us to use faggotry, a mental disorder until the 70s, uh, then you have no place in there. You might also be pushing that we're supposed to run around and, 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 and mate with spear chucking monkeys. That's not happening <laughs> at all. It's, it's the most asinine thing. I don't know. It's one of them. Like I said, the flattery thing kind of tips the scales with me there. But, um, hey, Mark, their, their movement's called the bow movement. That's yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's... um. I'd, I think that's more of an appropriate title. <laughs> well, and this this whole gay agenda, like I said, it's it's permeating through everything. Even um, somebody that I, I know, some people up here that are, you know are Catholics and what have you, and they even brought up the fact that inside the, the you know the Catholic networks out there, they took a big poll, you know, because they got a lot of predominantly Catholic websites or whatever, and they took a poll. I guess this was maybe even a year or two ago that that asked a lot of the members, would you accept gay marriage? And they said that the church, the Catholic membership of the church on this specific website, I don't know the details, was that 40% would accept gay marriage. That's absolutely ridiculous. But, well, that's the power of the Jewish media. There was a, uh, 
uh, I discussed it last night in, in my Bible study program, right? That there was um, a video on YouTube and an article, and, and they're linked in my program, in the text of my program from last night. In Texas, a Methodist church, an all-white Methodist church, when you watch the YouTube video, the video pans the, the church room and shows you the whole crowd, and they're all, they, they're all ostensibly white. I mean, it might be a gray or a beige person mixed in, but they all look white. And these two white sodomites are on a stage, on, on the altar, I should say, and, and, and one of them is proposing marriage to the other, and they got a standing ovation in a Methodist church in Texas. The grandparents of these white Texans would have shot every bastard in the church. Right, right. And, and Bill, look at, look at not too long ago, we saw the Protestants, not the Protestants, uh, Pentecostal church, two lesbian ministers of that church. I mean, what? <laughs> you get off telling, telling, I mean, how can people still go to that congregation to say, we, yeah, we got two lesbian? And this isn't, I've seen, when I lived out in San Diego, there's a little area in San Diego right in the center of the city called Hillcrest, and it's the notorious gay district of San Diego. And I remember them going through that area, and they had a, uh, a gay church on there, you know, big rainbow flags and all that. And I got thinking, how much of an oxymoron is that? But this, but this um, Pentecostal church or whatever it was wasn't even like a gay church. I mean, it was just a run-of-the-mill small-town neighborhood church with two dykes running it, you know, and, and openly at, on the altar, like, just everything is so wrong about that. It's ridiculous. There's a video that's pretty hot right now, and, and I posted it on the front page of Christagenia, and, and it's, um, it's entitled with open gates, the forced collective suicide of, of European nations. And the theme of the video it is the Islamic invasion of Europe. And, and the video features these Muslims announcing that Europeans have lost their fertility. And that's true. You can't be fertile when all of your men are sleeping with men, all of your women are sleeping with women. Of course you're going to lose your fertility, and your nation is going to decline. If a, a white sodomite really wanted to play the role of nationalist, he'd go out and rape 100 or 200 white lesbians and hopefully get a few of them pregnant. Hey, <laughs> 14 words. <laughs> if you're not creating white children to replace you, you have no business in white nationalism. You have no business as a nationalist because you're actually useless to your race and your nation. You know, and, and let me get back to the NPI thing uh, again. Had I had been there, and I'm sure you gentlemen feel the same way, we wouldn't have just accepted this as, you know, oh, okay, it's just another uh, fad. I mean, the people that went there to not come out and blast this out there that they want nothing to do with this, I begin to question that. I mean, birds of a feather flock together, and if you're going to this conference and you're, and you're accepting of that, you're signing your name on to being an attendant, a speaker, or whatever have you, and they're pushing that 
butt pirates should now be an acceptable form in a white nationalist community? Right. What does that say about you? You know, what does that say about you? Uh, like I said, birds of a feather flock together, and that's not where I would be cool at all with any of this. Yeah, you know, somebody just put in, in the chat, it talks you, oh, Hitler had no children. Well, well, you know something? Some men and some women who love their nation and their people, the circumstances of their lives simply don't grant them the opportunity to have children. But those people still don't go into sodomy and sexual deviancy as a replacement for having children. You could not have children and not be a sodomite. And a lot of good men don't have children simply because the circumstances of their lives didn't afford it. But they advocate having children and they still resist or stand against sodomites. Hitler may not have had children of his own, but I would bet that there were a good 10 million or better children born in Germany, white children, that wouldn't have been born if it weren't for Hitler. Yeah, I mean, that's, that just has to do with his calling, you know, what he was supposed to be doing. And quite frankly, if, if your calling is to be a father, that alone is a huge monumental task. So, But if, but if your calling is to be a fag, you can't be in <laughs> Right. The thing about these bags, though, is that, that they, they, they can never have any intent, any legitimate intent to have children. That's the main problem. Well, that, that, is, the, that is the problem, basically. That, that's what they do, other than the, the cultural effects of their complete and utter sexual deviancy. The fact that they, they, they have no intention of having children, and they announce it to the world with their faggotry, that's... You know that, that's a that's a hell of a big problem. I mean, if we're, if we're white nationalists as such, I hate to use that term really, but but I mean that that's gone. It's gone nowhere. It's gone nowhere as long as, as long as I accept that. Yeah, I, I have to say that uh, Andre and Spen just did a podcast and they brought up a good point too. Because like I said, there's some of the movement that say, well, if they're quiet, let them be around. No, you know. Uh, no. These guys made a good point that yeah, they'll, what they'll do is that's the commonality they'll have with other white nationalists because you're going to have okay, we agree on race, we agree on this, we agree on that, but then there's going to be little finite things we agree on. Some of you guys might like car racing, some of you guys might like to do woodworking. You know, there's going to be little things that bind you with other people within that movement. And for faggots, it'll be faggotry, and they'll create. Uh, a situation where That's they wrong. work together and undermine stuff. And before you know it, it'll be a deviant society like we have under the Jews. Why replace the Jews and even go through the headache then? No man can be a sodomite without corrupting other men to also be sodomites. This is Greg, Greg Johnson, this is how dishonest he is. He, he had actually tried to purport in his article that the male partners of Greek sodomites were actually well past the age of adolescence, and that's a lie. If you read the tragic poets, the epic poets, you'll find that adult male on adult male homosexuality was looked down upon very severely in ancient Greece, but... 
man, boy love was accepted. It wasn't accepted socially by everybody, but the Greeks had a very libertarian viewpoint towards it. So if you had a young boy, that was okay. But, and this is explicit in the tragic poets, as soon as that young boy grew the first beard on his face, which with me happened at like 17, 18, it was no longer acceptable. You had to put that boy away and get yourself a younger partner. And that was the Greek tragic poets, and I could find explicit examples of that in the 5th, 6th, 7th centuries B.C. in Greek literature. So this male-on-male adult sex was not accepted by the ancient Greeks. Now, if you want to allow pederasty in your society, you are going to perpetually create and corrupt generations of young sodomites. Which one of your sons do you want to surrender because we accepted white nationalist sodomites? Because one of your four sons is probably, by the odds, going to be corrupted by some Donovan or or some Spencer or some Johnson. There's well, that. this is the thing. This is the thing, Bill. It's it's also put it's put out there as basically a lifestyle choice now. So these so these fans can do this. They can do what they do, and and it's it's somehow supposed to be accepted by people at large just because it's it's just a choice. Oh, you, we're all free, aren't we? We've got a oh, you know, if if you want to go and go and fuck other men, well, off you go. You can do it. It's it's so it's a, it's a lifestyle choice now. The way that they market this. And this is what this is what corrupts like well, like you say like the like the older males going around corrupting younger ones. Well, that's that's bound to happen when once they've opened the door for it. There you go, it'll happen, and and of course it is happening. It's I wanna, and it's absolutely disgusting. I want to read a couple of paragraphs from the Jewish Forward because this has always been the Jewish agenda. This is a year where American Jews are deeply, loudly, and passionately embedded in some of the most pressing political and social issues in the nation. Not that we, meaning the Jews, not that we were shy in other years, but a confluence of events allowed or perhaps dictated an outsized role for many of the Jews profiled in this year's Forward 50. This is the Jewish Forward. And they, uh, they, they nominate 50 leading Jews every year, I guess, or 50 heroic Jews, as they see it, right? 50 corrupt devils. From the debate over a nuclear deal with Iran to the emergence of transgender identity in synagogues and on screen, both of them being Jewish purviews, to the groundbreaking acceptance of marriage equality, American Jews are playing a starring role. And and they're proud of their role in forcing this gay marriage issue, these transgender issues, this sodomite homosexual agenda on the American public. They're proud of it. They know 
that they were at the Vanguard. They said, in this forward article, they said, our influence goes well beyond politics. The legal framework to support same-sex marriage, which Evan Wolfson, a Jew, developed as a law student 30 years ago, was ratified at the highest level when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of marriage equality in June. Another human rights issue, ensuring that transgender Americans do not suffer discrimination, was championed in a Jewish day school by a remarkable bar mitzvah boy on the high fashion runway and in the acclaimed television show, Transparent. And they go on and brag about how Jews have fought so hard to win that these um, basically perverted legal battles in, in the United States. And, and this Greg Johnson and this Richard Spencer, they are, and this Jack Donovan, these men are all victims of this Jewish agenda. And now they are trying to legitimize the perversions that they've fallen victim to. Well, that is absolutely disgusting. They're, they're, what, there's a TV show called Transparent. That is sickening. Well, maybe Spencer and Donovan can get the... Uh... <laughs> maybe they should host it. I don't know. I mean, they could host a white nationalist version of it. They, can, they could be allowed to put, it, put that up on YouTube. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll be granted a free pass, you know? Maybe they won't violate the hate speech laws of of YouTube because because at least it promotes faggotry. Go ahead, Bill. I would encourage my listeners to visit the Council of Conservative Citizens, to visit American Renaissance, to visit... um, Well, going to countercurrents.com isn't going to do you a damn bit of good because he's not coming off of his faggot epiphany. But to visit these more mainstream websites and to tell them you do not accept Jared Taylor allying or or making alliances with with these sodomites. You do not accept Kevin McDonald having alliances with these sodomites. That sodomy is a sin, sodomy is wrong, sodomy is bad for nationalism. It's contrary to all sound racial principles of nationalism. Yeah, and while you're at it, you can go to the TRS and tell the guy that behind there, Michael Enoch, who was brought up about missing links and goes, that's 9-11 conspiracy crap, but we'll go to a fag fest and not have a word to say against it. I mean, yeah, these guys have to be have their feet put to the fire on these issues because, you know, I don't know what else you can really do with this. I mean, I, I expect it out of people like Ramsey Paul, but or Richard Spencer or Greg Johnson, but, you know, these other guys who run these quasi-masculine, hardcore, fashy sites and uh, are, are going to the fag dinners in D.C. It's well, not happening. I, it, it's the Kevin McDonald's, the Jared Taylor's that, that are accepting these sexual deviants. They're the ones that are doing white nationalism wrong. These sexual deviants... The Spencer, the Donovan, the Johnson, these sodomites 
must be ostracized because sodomy cannot be accepted in any healthy white nation. This is also why, why um, if white nationalism, I hate to use that word, but the only form of white nationalism that's a correct ideology is Christian identity, and that's because it excludes all these people. We can't have these people, you can't have them roaming the, you know, the, I don't know what you'd say, the cyber fields or the, all these um, giant conferences that they have. You can't have these sorts of people in there. You can't have that. That's, that's, it's illegitimate. It's not right. Now, now, David Duke, I don't like him for a variety of other reasons. I think he really waffles on a Jew issue, and, and that's a big problem. At every, all of our other disagreements I could probably get over, except that he insists that the Jews are the people they claim to be, and he's dead wrong for that. But David Duke, at least he stands against homosexuality and the homosexual agenda, and he's done videos. And, and, and he uses straight pride as, as part of the paradigm. Now, I don't know to what extent he would ostracize a sodomite, but at least he has made a public position against sodomy. So that's to his credit, actually. That is true. And, and I'm, I'm saying that because somebody in the chat had asked about David Duke. Yeah, I mean, at least he wasn't there to uh, to subscribe to that. Maybe he saw it coming, or you know, maybe he saw the Heimbeck situation behind the scenes, or I don't know. I don't even know if he even goes there at all, or what what the deal is. But um, yeah, he's really on a separate track or edited right. stations together. You know, you know, I just wanted to bring up a point too, because somebody was making an issue, and, and Brett, you kind of touched on this earlier, and you made a comment about it. Um, this idea that you could have a, a token nigger or a token faggot or a, a, somebody other than a straight white alpha male. And this is the thing. A lot of people go, well, look at this, you know, this woman or look at this, this fag, you know, Greg Johnson's great at writing and blah, blah, blah. We need to honor him. And this is the idea. When you fill the void with one of these people that don't belong in that, quote-unquote leadership position, if you will, uh, the one that influences the crowds out there, you're filling a void of a white man that should be in that place, a straight white man. Let me clarify that. But, um, That's right, Mark. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. I don't give any crap about how good somebody is at writing something or doing this. There shouldn't be any compromise. There should be a white man out there that can do anything, a half-breed, a non-white, a faggot, a woman, or anything else, can do that should be filled by a straight white male it shouldn't have to be filled with a compromiser at all that's right and that's our duty as well that's our duty is as right you know, right as, as no, normal which is the correct term for heterosexual normal white males should be able to do all of these functions perfectly easily i mean there's there's no i don't or, see why, or should we say the ones that don't that. have a or should we say the ones that don't have a mental illness sorry go ahead brett yeah, pretty much. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, that they clearly have they clearly have problems. I mean, we 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 don't. Why do we need them? Why would we want them? It's a very simple. I don't know why it's um why people really want to say okay. Well, I don't care if a, a sodomite can write a good essay about 
white nationalism or something, well, okay, if you can write a good essay, you can write a good essay. Fine. Big deal. I mean, <laughs> we can, we, I, I can write an essay. Uh, I mean, plenty of other straight, straight, normal people can write essays. Right. We need well, more. Why should someone else have to say it? I'm sorry. We we need more white males, straight white males, to stand up and, and to take on a topic, the Holocaust, that the um, Holocaust revisionism. There, there are plenty of good straight white males in that area, particularly. But there's a lot of things that um, females and, and homosexuals are doing that we should be doing, that, that not anti-Christians are doing, that we should be doing. Because they don't, the anti-Christians, the atheists, uh, I mean, it, it's, a, it, it's a, um, a crooked line. You can't really draw a straight line. But a lot of those anti-Christian atheists simply do not have our values. They do not have sound values. And, and this, the, those that even claim to be Christians, like a Jared Taylor or a Greg Johnson, they've accepted the Jewish version of Christianity. They're not really Christians. They're really Jews. That's why Jared Taylor accepts Jews. Yeah, absolutely. They... Um you know, a lot of these white nationals out here, you know, you know, most of the time, well, we were talking about that in, in the, the team speak the other night. Almost every single time you run into these people that are vehemently against Christianity in some form or another, especially CIs, because they have a dog in a fight that uh, disrupts their, their quote-unquote moral compass, whether it's faggotry or whatever form of degeneracy, whatever else they're getting into that, that doesn't, uh, excuse them from doing so when they're uh, when they're in the the boundaries of, of Christianity, but uh, that's usually what I find. Yep, that makes sense to me. That, that's right. Greg Johnson claims the moral high ground. Richard Spencer claims the moral high ground. These people are immoral. If you embrace sodomites, you are immoral. Paul of Tarsus had given, had spoke about homosexuality in Romans chapter 1 and lesbians. And after a long discourse, giving a list of other sins which those same people are guilty of because of their sexual proclivities, he says that not only those who do such things, but those who approve of them who do the who do those things are worthy of death. So you don't want to be caught accepting homosexuals, never mind engaging in it. And someday these perverts and sodomites are indeed going to pay the price. They could deny it now, but it's coming down on them, upon them. There's no doubt. Yep, they'll deny it all they can, but that's that's the truth. So they have to know that there are real white nationalists who are not going to accept their perversions and who are going to call them on it. Yeah, of yeah, course. I, it's something you can't tolerate. I mean, this is... 
you know, it's like white nationalism that wants to tolerate uh, race mixing with monkeys. You, you can't do that. You just uh, <laughs> it's one of these hey, Mark, things that you shouldn't have like, to explain. Mark, it's, it's it's like, well, okay, they they want to tolerate a bit of the Jewish agenda. Oh, well, we'll just pick out a little bit here. This this bit, oh, this, this suits me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tolerate this bit, but otherwise we're gonna stand for white nationalism. That's what these guys are like. And that's why you know, they're full of shit. You're right. There's there's two now there's two very prominent angles that the Jews are trying to infiltrate a pro white scene. One of them is getting all the whites focused on the Muslims and, and completely excusing Jews. And another one is now this faggotry issue. And any time that the Jews can team up with whites and then steer us in the wrong direction, which should always be focused on the Jew, um, then then they gain traction on us. And this is, you know, the, this video that went around viral, it's called With Open Gates, and it was uh, like a million hits on, on YouTube uh, just a couple of days ago. There was a couple of things I noticed in the video that kind of had me questioning things. Now, it was on tons of sites. I mean, everything from Breitbart to InfoWars and, you name it. I mean, it, there was uh, multiple uploads all over YouTube. It had to have been seen several million times, not just the 1.2 that was on one single channel. And, of course, YouTube played the games that they always play where they throw these uh, blatant copyright claims on it to get it shut down or to get the, the oh, the soundtrack belonged to some obscure something or another, and, yeah, whatever. But there was a, a little piece in that 19-minute video that had me wondering, they stressed there's just two different teams, right? There's the Muslims and then there's supposedly our side. And in the video they showed this fag parade that they were going to go through this Muslim neighborhood. And I'm like, well, I agree with the Muslims and the faggot stuff. <laughs> what is this video trying to tell me here is that, well, we should, uh, we should tolerate faggotry because the Muslims don't. I say, you know, and, and just because I agree with them don't mean I'm trying to befriend them or trying to, you know, team up with them by any means, but this is it was silly, and then they had some communist woman on there. She had to open hammer and sickle and everything, and even she was fighting the Muslim thing. And the whole time, all these other conservative websites uh, that are run completely by Jews, Shubat.com, Bare Naked Islam, I always see white nationalists posting this day and night. These kike websites that steer you. The same thing that happened on 9/11, where they go and did something, they went and did something on their own, do it on the Muslims. And now we're running around chasing ghosts and, and doing their bidding. You know, they're the ones that got an issue with them. We shouldn't have any problem. And I was let them go and rot away in the Middle East in their sandbox. And, and uh, we do our own thing in, in, in our white countries. But at the same time, a lot of whites are getting caught up in this as because they're, they're showing us this problem. And then they're doing the same thing with the faggotry now. They're trying to come in with the faggotry. And that's, that's a Jewish issue. That's a Jewish issue, just like the Muslims coming in are a Jewish issue. You know, so you gotta, if you steer away from that, you, you lose track of who's behind everything. Well, that's the thing, Mark. They, they have, um, well, the, the, the thing about the Muslims, I mean, yeah, they're, they're a problem. In and of, this, of themselves, they're a problem. But the fact is that, well, who's enabled them? The Jews have. It's it's not a that that's not really any secret. I mean, that so so well, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how the hell I, how the hell these people can just go. Well, oh, let's just be single issue people. Let's go against the Muslims. They they're neglecting the cause of the overall problem. I mean, the Jews are a far bigger cause, and we we know that because 
Well, that's who runs it. That's who runs a buddy show. Now, I was glad to see at the very end of the video, which I got a feeling a lot of these uh, Jew-run websites that are so anti they're, they're simply anti-Muslim. It's like the English Defense League when it was pro-gay, pro-Hindu, pro-immigration. They didn't, they didn't care if niggers were coming into the country. They just cared that these niggers were Muslim. You know, so it was strictly a religious issue with with Islam, and uh, and ironically, it was because Islam a lot of Islam doesn't cater to the vices that the Jews put out there, and so the the Jews had an issue with the stronghold against some of their vices, and that was strictly it. They, they this English Defense League group, which I guess the guy the head guy left there and went and spoke in Germany against the immigration out there. That's great and dandy, but yeah, this was a complete Jew out. They had it a Jew chapter, a gay chapter, you know, like I said, the Hindus, they were fine with all these dot heads flooding the country. That didn't care at all. It was just <laughs> jihadis, you know, oh, the Muslims. And I'm like, they're all, none of them belong. The Jews, the Hindus, the jihadis, I don't, none of them. If Britain is for Britain, Germany's for Germans, that's it. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. But that's the real problem. And uh, it's deepest the real problem at its deepest level is white immorality. We are actually embarrassed being Christians. That's the problem with cultural Christianity. So-called cultural Christianity is not Christianity at all. It's license to practice all of the Jewish perversions. That's all it is while calling yourself a Christian. There ain't none of cultural Christianity, which is actually Christian. Christian women are Mennonite women that wear long dresses and keep their tits in their shirt. Christian women do not run around half naked with their asses hanging out of, out of their bathing suits. Christian women don't do that. These cultural Christians, they want to practice all these Jewish perversions. That's what they're doing. So we have these damned sand niggers raping our women, and the women actually deserve it because they're running around half naked. But Christian society forbids the raping of women, and white men that are mostly moral won't rape white women even when they're half naked. So white women are, are accustomed to that. Then they meet up with these beasts from the desert, and the beasts from the desert want to rape them. Can you blame the beasts in the desert for wanting to rape some dumb bitch running around with her tits and her ass hanging out? Yeah, so you can't blame them. Right. You can't blame them. Well, that's, that's a good point, Bill. That's a good point. And we don't want it to happen. We don't want it to happen. But it's bound to happen because they're running around naked. So it's a two-edged sword. Either way, we're screwed. We have to learn to become a moral people again. Until we're a moral people, we're going to be punished by these sand-maker beasts and these satanic Jews. That's the bottom line. So we well, do it's like people do it's like I'm putting out it's like putting out basically you put they're putting themselves out there like a bait. So 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 you know, they're putting themselves out as bait to an animal. That's well what, exactly what, what, what would anyone expect to happen? That's, no doubt. That's it's self evident, isn't it? So exactly. 
on the one hand, you don't want the sand niggers roaming all over our white nations raping our women. Of course, nobody wants that. But on the other hand, we are suffering this because we have accepted Jewish immorality and sodomy. Homosexuality is one of the biggest aspects of that Jewish immorality. The other aspect is that our women should put their clothes back on. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Well, it certainly, is a, it certainly is a huge problem, though. I mean, though, though, I mean, as soon as you open the door, as soon as you open the door for basic, basic immorality of behaviour, for example, white women getting around with, you know, basically nothing on, uh, around these these demons on two legs. I mean, that that that's that's all asking for trouble. There's no, I don't I don't see how anyone can view it any other way. That they are they are asking for their own trouble. I mean, I mean their own problems, but I mean that you can't. That they they can't expect anything better or anything other than than what eventually they're going to be they're going to be raped they're going to have these problems if if they if they act like that around these people especially none of these people should be there but I mean it, it, the whole thing snowballs this, this is well that's how the Jewish agenda works isn't it I mean well if white men want to be traditional white nationalists they have to encourage their women to return to traditional white values, and that would protect their women. And they have to reject these freaking sodomite bastards because homosexuals cannot be white nationalists. They certainly can't. Nope. Not at all. Nope, they can pretend all they want, but they're not they're not fooling me anyway. So that's our dilemma. The 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 solution to the dilemma is to return to traditional, not Jewish pop culture, cultural Christian values, but to traditional Christian values. And we yeah, the Jews, the Muslims and all non-whites, and all sodomites. Yep, can't disagree with that one. Well, no, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible, though. How? It's anybody else out there? <laughs> <It's incredible. laughs> Have we got any callers? <laughs> well, you know, it, it it just comes down to look. This is just a no-brainer, simple, clear-cut issue. You know what I mean? It doesn't take any kind of ex- explanation or rocket science behind this that, again, <laughs> faggotry, white nationalism is an oxymoron. Well, well, right. We had to name the players, name the promoters of it, name the organizations that matter, because Greg Johnson, he gets pretty good traffic on his website, probably even sometimes a little better than Christogenia, even though I would hate to admit it. But he has 50 writers, and Christogenia has two, or at least two living ones, myself and Clifton M. Heiser, right? And, and 
This National Policy Institute, their website doesn't get very much traffic comparatively, but, but the Council of Conservative Citizens is embracing both of these people. Kevin McDonald's Occidental Observer, which gets a little more traffic than Christogenia does, he is openly embracing these people. And these people are influential. And we have to tell them that we are not happy with them. We are not happy with their acceptance of rainbow nationalism. It's not going to wash, and we are going to stand against it and, and vocalize that every chance we get. You know, the, you know, a big problem here is that, is that rainbows are not actually bad. The faggots are the ones that give them a bad name. Well, oh, of course, we know that. Oh, I hate it. You think isn't it? Rainbow. They, they destroy they destroy a natural phenomenon like rainbows. They, they're destroying that by by waving that on their fag flag. I mean that that makes me sick. They they like it because it's their uh, it's it's like the Batman butt you know in the sky thing you know <laughs> their symbol. All, all fags can get freaky now. What really amazes me is that. Even the niggers have adopted this and identified with this rainbow symbol as if they're somehow included, but I don't see any brown or black in the rainbow. No, that's, that's a good point. I thought that was funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you got? What do you, Bill? What do you say about the the George Lincoln Rockwell adherents out there that said, you know, well, George Lincoln Rockwell accepted reformed faggots or these so-called Christian churches that reform faggots. What's your take on that? Oh, okay, a reformed faggot is not going to be a faggot any longer, right? I mean, men can sin and repent from their sins. I, I mean, I know that we have a street saying that you can't erase certain things from your oral cavity, but <laughs> from a Christian viewpoint, men can't forget that one, right? <laughs> and can repent from their sins. So if they are quote-unquote reformed facts, they're going to denounce they're going to denounce homosexuality. They're going to um, project a lifestyle and, and a profession. They're going to walk the walk and act like reformed faggots. Maybe they should get married, have kids, things like that. That's fine. It's okay. Men can repent of their sins. But you can't claim to be a reformed faggot and, and still not walk the normal walk, the traditional walk of being a straight married male. Or at least an, a, a male that doesn't show any proclivity to um, deviant behavior. Right. So, yeah, men should have. We all make mistakes. Some of us make mistakes a lot worse than others. But I, I, I may have gone into a store and stolen a candy bar as a kid and ate the candy bar. Can I give it back? No. Can I repent of stealing candy bars? Well, of course I can. Of course you can. That There are sins that you could repent of, and even that is one of them. But a reformed 
a reformed sodomite is not going to be a sodomite any longer and is going to adopt a normal lifestyle. Mm. I think it does show uh, it shows a problem in the brain, though, to start with. If if someone actually was of that inclination, they they were uh, led down that path, shall we say? If they were led down that path, then they clearly they clearly have some some disorder in their brain anyway. Well, and there's that, that something to be said about a lot that. of the, There's something to be said a lot about a lot of the chemical dousing. We're getting these days that are turning men effeminate or beta males or just downright faggots. Uh, yeah, true story. Yeah, I don't know how you even I. I've thought about that too. Like, okay, I don't care how beta you get. There's a there's a difference between being an effeminate kind of weak beta male but still being straight than one that like <laughs> Bill said. There's a street term for that. That yeah, you just <laughs> you don't leap that fence. Yeah, so you might there might be some yeah. truth to that. My I, my position on it is I don't care each either which way or another. It's just not to be tolerated, no matter what happens. And that's you know that's my whole uh, ordeal with it is you know when it when it gets pushed out there, no, that's not happening. <laughs> well, well, Melissa and I were going to a certain um, restaurant for lunch once a week in Panama City Beach, and. The, the the one waiter was a really nice guy. He really was, and he talked to us, and he, he'd engage us. He'd ask us about our Christiania shirts and things like that. But he was slightly effeminate. He was really clean cut. And we were talking back and forth the first couple of times we saw this guy that he had to be a fag. And about the third or fourth time we saw him, he started talking about his wife and his two daughters. And we were like, wow, this guy's married. That's cool. <laughs> he was one of those beta males that you might think is, is queer, but he evidently wasn't. And we were we were pleased at that because he's certainly a white guy. But but we were kind of surprised by it, by it too because the way he acts – it is, I mean, 30 years ago, if I hung out with this kid, I'd have smacked him. What are you, a fag? Boom. Right, right. <laughs> you get bullied, rightfully this, so. <laughs> this new generation, I'd say the, the, the 35 and under set today, they've been raised with entirely different standards and, and patterns of behavior that guys like me simply aren't used to. Uh, I mean, if this guy walked up to me and started talking to me in, in a bar or something, I'd probably beck him. But, but he turned out to be straight. So, so this, the, the Jews have really muddied the waters with, with, with the way they affect people and, and their behavior through television and the media over all these, uh, all these decades of, of programming. So basically, there there is a um, a, a thing where where if, if if people people are infected by the Jewish culture and that I mean I've 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 um seen people myself who I've thought thought were I thought this guy's got to be a faggot and and you and you find out that I found out the same thing that that okay the guy has the guy actually has a wife has a girlfriend or whatever and you think well well okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I was. I was kind of surprised. It's a, It's a, It really is a surprising thing, though. You don't. You don't expect to have that. 
Right. So when you when you um, observe people's behaviour, some people you can just observe and you can just see you can just see how like if they actually are a faggot, you can see straight away. But sometimes you're wrong. So I'm sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. But <laughs> <laughs> no, <I> do. <laughs> this society is breeding men that are effeminate, even when they're not homosexuals. So that the old school kind of guys would think that they're homosexuals, but they're really not. They're just metrosexuals, maybe. Or, or that it's this, the, the way men are being trained up in these schools. And, and there's no... Um, you, you know, when I was a kid, we roamed the streets. We played in the streets. We got into fights. We slapped the hell out of one another on a daily basis. But we played ball. I played tackle football in a concrete schoolyard when I was a teenager. And, and that was normal. And, and these kids today that are raised in shopping malls and, and the hardest thing they do is put their sneakers on in the morning, that that's, um, it's a whole different breed of kid. It's a soft society. Yeah, that most definitely is. But that's, that's another thing is the, the these, um, what, what, they, what they call metrosexuals, they're basically... Well, like you said, the the beta male, the the male who has no no um inclination to stand up for what he believes, he he, he won't take an opinion on anything. You know, he just sort of wavers in the air. He sort of just agrees with whatever's going on around him because he doesn't want to be unpopular. That sort of thing is that sort of thing is pretty common these days. And it, that's what well, I'll tell you. What it can be, it can be mistaken for, it can be mistaken for faggotry. I mean, I've mistaken it before for faggotry. I admit it. That's what they want. That's what they want, Brett. The public schools are producing that on purpose. They know what they're doing. The diets, Mm. all the soybean and and all the estrogen in the American male diet or or the every male diet, probably. You probably have the same problem there in Australia. The bisphenol yeah, and all the BPAs and all the aluminum cans and everything they put in there. Yeah, they load it up. Yep. Well, I tell you what, some of these some of these kids' generations, these younger guys' generations out there, they are pretty tough. But they're tough on um, when they're Death Lord Aryan Vader World of Warcraft game or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, jockey. <laughs> That's one thing, <laughs> and then there's another. Right. That was real life for these guys. <laughs> no, I don't know. There, there certainly is a a problem of the. I think the the chemical, what the, the not only the chemical diet, just what what also what people basically consume, like what they actually drink. I mean, people people drink a lot of soft drinks and all this sort of stuff that. There's heaps of stuff and it's all loaded with chemicals, loaded with shit, and that that does affect the way that people develop and the way that they actually operate in the world. So there's there's that sort of aspect of it all as well. So so a lot of those a lot of those sorts are not necessarily faggots, but they are um, they can't they kind of look like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I would have more respect for a soft-ass emo kid with a wife and two kids than I would have for a big, tough weightlifter who's a damn sodomite. Yeah, same. I agree with that. 
the, the soft ass emo kid with a wife and children is doing a lot better with the tools that he was given than the big tough guy, the, the weightlifter who's a sodomite, it is not doing good at all with the tools that he was given. <laughs> yeah, what's you know with that? this the gay culture out there? There's like a. I remember when I first moved to San Diego and I saw some of these guys, they uh, call themselves the gay gangsters or something like that. And they were, you know, these uh, gay gang banging, like, want to be, you know, I always pictured them as just being fairies. Yeah, some of these guys walk around and they just think they're hardcore and, you know, tougher than nails. And then you got. Uh, well, well, that's the Jack Donovan. He tries to portray the tough guy faggot image, right? Right. He's just not tough at all. It, it, if he's, um, well, I'm not going to get too vulgar here. I probably already crossed that line tonight. <laughs> but he's really not tough at all when he's on his knees in front of one of his idols. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting, Boo. Bloody disgusting, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we should end the program on that note or what, but we just can't accept that these that these sodomites in white nationalism, we cannot accept them as our peers, and we cannot allow them to define what white nationalism should be. Not at all. That is an absolutely 100% true statement. I fully support that statement, Bill. Good on you. I'll post my um, my own notes to this program. I'll probably post on the Christiania forum in the morning. That sounds good. Closing words, Mike. Uh, yeah. Um, no more faggotry. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, like I, I don't know. I'm just gonna reiterate everything I've already said five times. So no, I'm good. Okay, thanks for joining me, guys. And and no worries, Bill. <laughs> it's fun. And and I'll um I'll be back to my regular programming next Saturday. I hope. I don't know. I hope, but not. <laughs> and this has been wonderful. It needs to be said. And and every once in a while, we just got to address what one of these, like Mike said, what one of these crazy, insane issues that comes into Christian identity or, or that comes into white nationalism that we could never imagine should arise amongst white nationalists or Christian nationalists. It's crazy. It really is. Mm-hmm. When it was just um, Greg Johnson, I, I could ignore it because he was like the only one, but now it seems to be multiplying and spreading like a cancer. And and it's got to be um, nipped in the butt, so to speak, or in the butt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be here Friday with the next segment of my Ephesians programs. Next Saturday, I might return to my Martin Luther series or the protocols. I haven't really made my mind up yet. It'll be announced at Christagenia sometime during the week. Thank you for listening, and good night.